lyrics of the lost. Hello, and thank you for joining us in episode two. I say us because this week we have a cavalcade of guest experts or guest perts contributing in this episode. And very pert they are too, and smooth and supple. I'm also assuming a cavalcade is anything more than one guest pert. Anyway, there's so much to explore, this episode is almost two minutes longer. Almost enough time to do a sink full of washing up, or perhaps listen while on a short commute in the car, or while uh, repotting a small plant. Look, it's up to you. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. Now let's get straight into it. Episode two is this. I said upside down, you me. You're love instinctively. Upside down, written by Niall Rogers and Bernard Edwards for Diana Ross. Who could possibly have any bone to pick with this harmless disco classic from 1980. Let's go to the lyrics. Instinctively you give to me the love that I need. Oh nice. I see we're rhyming in the first line. Uh, actually within the first line, rhyming the initial adverb instinctively with the second pronoun me. Instinctively you give to me. Very good. Please continue. Respectfully, I say to thee, I'm aware. No, I'm not having that. You're using the word thee. Respectfully, I say to thee. You're reverting all the way back to medieval English, just so you can awkwardly shoehorn a rhyme into a structure you only just set up one verse ago, but apparently you've already hit the wall having exhausted all your modern vocab and you've had to create a lyrical wormhole in space and time to get yourself out of it. Bravo. This has to be some of the laziest songwriting we've come across on this show. I know it's only episode two, but still, contemptible. Maybe we should be grateful. I suppose they could have gone back even further and used ye instead. As in, respectfully hear ye, hear ye. So thank you for staying slightly more relevant than the 12th century. I'm talking to you, Nile Rogers, and rest in peace, Bernard Edwards, Lord keep you in his everlasting grace. But maybe just pick one 500 year period in history in which to speak. Now, Shakespeare is still popular, and I don't mind if you go back and write the whole thing that way, that could be fun. Although I think the rhyming's gonna be more of a bitch. Let's try it. Maybe fitfully upended, heavens asunder, knave sendeth me reeling forth betwixt hither and thither. Beautiful. Diana Ross could pull that off, don't tell me she couldn't. I know I've probably made some mistakes in that, but rest assured, if I was writing for Diana Ross, I would check it, as I would before presenting her with some half-baked and tortured rhyme idea. Anyway, moving on. Respectfully, I say to thee, I'm aware that you're cheating. Wait, why are we even rhyming respectfully, I say to thee? The boy is cheating on her, and she has to point this out with respect for some reason? Maybe the line should have been, disdainfully I kick your knee, 
or narcissistically you've yet to see, I'm aware that you're cheating. But no one makes me feel like you do. Sounds concerning, but let's look ahead. She's pretty down on herself. As long as the sun continues to shine, there's a place in my heart for you, that's the bottom line. Oh dear. Is this poor woman a doormat? So in love with this guy? So sure she doesn't deserve him that she'll love him for as long as the sun continues to shine? Currently projected to be seven to eight billion years. Even given that this guy has his mad appeal, that's a long time. We do need to remember, though, that this song was written by a couple of guys. Niall and Bernard, may angels sing you to your rest. So the boys approach Diana Ross, who's formerly of the Supremes, still the best charting female group in US history, and they say, Diana, thanks so much for taking this meeting. Truly an honor. We love your work. You're an extraordinary artist. So we've, we've written a song for you. Uh, about your huge love for a guy who has these mad appeals, right? He's uh, super slick, and so you're cool with him sleeping around behind your back uh, because you have, like, really low self-esteem, and you know that you would have to be mentally ill to, to even think that he could be your exclusive partner. Um, th this guy has made you feel like dirt, but you're grateful for any time and attention he gives you, yeah? Because you'd be cool like that. Did we mention how much we respect you as an artist? And Diana must have been, I hate you both so much. But it is a catchy tune and this is the 70s, so I'm in. Anyway, moving on. There seems to be an awful lot of disorientation to be found in pop lyrics. But then we have this. Boy, you turn me inside I assume that's metaphorical, but any boys listening, please know that turning your partner inside out is serious. If it happens during sex, that's called a prolapse, and you should stop immediately and seek medical attention. And I'm joined again this week by Dave. He knows lots about music, and he's been with me since all the way back in episode one. Long time caller, sometime listener. Dave. Like you, I find the line, respectfully, I say to thee, troubling for all the reasons that you mentioned. But to me, the line also hints at the large power imbalance in the relationship. It's a situation where she has to treat her lover with respect, even though she knows that he's cheating on her. So I've been looking for clues in the lyrics that might help us understand the source of this power imbalance. And I think when you take all the clues in the lyrics together, I think this song tells a tragic tale of a love affair gone wrong between a junior astronaut and her commanding officer. Crikey! So think about this. There she is, in space, sitting in a tin can, far above the world. See what I did there? 
Her cheating lover is in control of the space capsule. Maybe he's on board, but maybe he's controlling it from mission control. And he's there, he's turning her upside down and round and round. Think of Darth Vader at the end of Star Wars, but in a sparkly gold jumpsuit. So there's a nice parallel there. So not only is she powerless in the relationship, but she has no control over her spacecraft. It all becomes more troubling when you consider the line about turning inside out. I'm wondering, has he depressurized the cockpit? Is he trying to stage a space accident so that he can be with his other lover? I think I see where you might be going. So Diana Ross, if she makes it back to Earth alive, might soon be driving across the United States in an adult diaper to murder the other lover and get back so fast, because no wee breaks, that she effectively has an alibi. Yes, excellent. When I was doing some research for this podcast... You did what? Research. I did check whether a lack of air pressure would turn you inside out. Turns out it doesn't, but it does cause your lungs to rupture. I suspect it sounds better to sing about turning inside out than to sing about ruptured organs. Upside down, you're turning me. My ruptured lungs are hurting me. Wow. Dave has the voice of an angel. Although that's not the one he used just then, clearly. That was Dave. And I'm told we have a new contributor on the line now. Her name is Gillian, and she's worked in many areas of the performing arts, in what has been a sparkling career, and it's a great pleasure to welcome her to the program. Here she is, Gillian. Hi, Peter. I'm afraid that you and I are going to have to respectfully disagree uh, with the regards to your take on this song. Okay, wait, I'm going to press the big red button here. Counter, Counter, boys. I'd like to say that sometimes it's the thing that sticks out, that really jarring element of a song that can give us clues or, or a key, if you will, to the deeper meaning that the songwriters intend. And I think that this is the case here. The use of the word the clearly takes us out from the contemporary time. It takes us back hundreds of years and I think in some way redeems the songwriting from a gender politics point of view. When we go back hundreds of years and we talk about being turned upside down, being made inside out and uh, around and round, we're clearly looking at medieval torture instruments. God. Being turned upside down brings to mind images of, of the Catherine Wheel, made famous through the torture of uh, St. Catherine, in fact, the failed torture of St. Catherine, where victims were at some point tied to the outer rim of a wheel and rolled down a hill, breaking their bones, uh, before being woven into the wheel itself and left to die. This is awful. One must agree. Being brought inside out then, and clearly we must be looking at disembowelment. Disembowelment, being drawn out, having your entrails drawn from you. Uh. Disgusting. And being spun round and round uh, is a little bit more obscure, but there was a, a torture instrument used particularly on women associated with the military in Tangiers, and uh, it's called a whirly gig. Now, whirly gig itself might conjure images of spinning tops and pleasantry, but uh, no, this one was a, a tall cage in which somebody was locked and then spun violently until they were nauseous and one assumed publicly throwing up. It was a it was a device of humiliation rather than death. 
So there we go. We've looked at this the word as being an indicator that we're going back to this time of, of disgusting tortures. But what I think we're left with here is issues of, of self-harm and consent. What is she thinking if she's being involved with somebody that makes her feel like she's being tortured in this brutal and barbaric way? Girlfriend, you need to find someone else. This has been another Counter, Counter Boys. Well, there you go. This disco classic is either a lazy, misogynist piece of songwriting, an outer space love triangle slash murder thriller, or a medieval analogy of gender politics via torture. Something for everyone in this pop song. Choose your own adventure. Perhaps the breadth of these interpretations is a sign that there is true artistry behind these deceptively simple lyrics. Perhaps they're like a finely ground and polished mirror that reflects the people that dare to stare into them. I am a lazy misogynist. Dave is a sci-fi nerd who wants to murder his partner. And Gillian, as we speak, is cruising for hitchhikers that she can kidnap and torture. Shame on us all. All the interpretations are broad because the lyric writing is just so simple and vague. Basically just an afterthought once Nile and Bernard, may he forever be held in the Lord's bosom, once they nailed down the catchy tune, which was all they ever really cared about. Well, thanks again for joining us in another episode. I, I should thank Smooth FM again for just pounding this music into my brain, played as it is against my will in the background at work. Uh, Smooth FM, they just keep giving, and their high rotation format ensures we can never miss a word. Thanks to Dave and Gillian for their insightful analysis. Uh, Dave briefly quoted... David Bowie's uh, Space Oddity, you may have noticed, which is definitely not on the Smooth FM playlist, so I must officially censure him for that. But since he brought it up, I, I do have just one small problem with that song. Um, there's a space capsule orbiting, and our intrepid astronaut hero, Major Tom, is outside on a spacewalk. He gets into some difficulty. And so he radios to ground control. Tell my wife I love her very much. She knows. Wow. Tell my wife I love her very much. She knows. Oh, okay, ground control, sorry. Hang on, that's a bit much. I'm only about to die in space for my country. So if I'm boring you with my request, a message for my wife, and you just... You snap at me, my circuit's dead, there's something wrong, and you bite my head off. What is wrong with you? How do you know what my wife knows anyway? Is she there with you? Is that laughter I hear? Ground control, are you having an affair with my wife? Oxygen is running out now. Sod you all. <clears throat> anyway. I'd also like to thank Omega Dishwashers this week. They make an almost portable, standalone dishwasher that's perfect for small flats. And uh, we thought it would be rubbish and too small, but no, it turned out to be great for two people. 
I don't like the little light that tells you it needs more rinse aid though. The light has an icon with what looks more like a, a, a snowflake for some reason. And I think rinse aid is an absolute con anyway. A liquid that helps dishes dry faster. Yeah. Maybe I'll step out of the shower and squirt myself with rinse aid instead of grabbing a towel. And if swimming at the beach and I, and I get tired, uh, I start to swallow water or start to drown, maybe I'll just scull some rinse aid into my lungs and, and see how far that gets me. Thank you. Do you have a pop song or earworm that's infested your mind and needs to be investigated? Write to the team here at Lottle. That's Lyrics of the Lost. There's bound to be an email address in the podcast description somewhere. Or you could mention your concern in an otherwise positive review of this podcast. Lyrics of the Lost. Lost.